Welcome to Yela Mensa, exploring cross-centered contextual justice in the South African context. Yela Mensa is a ministry of East Combano, Center for Biblical Justice. I am your host, David Kluter, and with me is John Skippers. John, say hello for Mensa. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Good to be with you again. Yeah, well, you know there's no response when you ask the... How are you guys doing? Yeah. It's, it's rhetorical. Oh, do do it's people rhetorical. do that? Is is is, is oh, okay? It's rhetorical. It's called a shout out. You, you? A shout out. Okay, it's a shout. It's a sh- what? A, a shout I'm, out. Is I'm not saying shout it. out. No, 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 I'm it's not doing that. Nah. <laughs> Next thing, I'm getting hate mail. You know, racial stereotype. No, no, I'm white. It's a shout oh my out. Word. <laughs> out. Okay, you, we we got that. We got that. Uh, in other words, if you guys are listening. From the gay flats, this is an, that's an our way. That 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 was an our way. Yeah, that, that was. <laughs> or anywhere in Cape Town, or anywhere in Cape Town for that. Matter. I think I can uh, say our way. Uh, yeah, you can say our way. Uh, so, guys, um, a lot has happened since our last podcast. Um, I don't even know where to start. Um, I can't breathe. Um, these are literally the words that were spoken on the twenty fifth of May. Uh, of this year, on the 25th of May, 2020, by George Floyd, as a police officer uh, was uh, pressing down on his neck with his with his knee uh, for about eight minutes and 46 seconds. Um, at that time, uh, George Floyd, uh, his hands were, were cuffed behind his back, and he was um, further restrained by two other police officers at the same time. Uh, for uh, at least um, three minutes of those eight minutes and 46 seconds. Um, Floyd was motionless as he, as he was lying there uh, and his pulse, and there was no pulse, basically. Uh, George Floyd, um, as he lived, uh, unable to breathe, uh, his death sparked off a resurgence of, if you all know this by now, uh, Black Lives Movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, protests uh, across uh, the, the United States, the nations, the nation, and other nations. Um, uh, violent protests as well, looting uh, happened throughout throughout the states, and of course, with that, there was a lot of opinion both within the church and outside the church. Yeah. The world was basically talking. The world was talking. Still um, is. Uh, Still is, still is. Um, George, and then, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of just content coming out at the moment talking about this issue of Black Lives Matter, talking about the race. And if you watch football, uh, you would have seen some of the the teams, yep. uh, the Premier League yep. uh, teams wearing Black Lives Matter on the back of, right. their, of their shirts. And then, and if you go to the comment section of some of these teams, you will see that there's the, the tension and the and oh the, yeah the the conversation going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot going on. Um, so Floyd, uh, his death was very uh, uh, surprisingly seen as an uh, unprecedented reaction from a lot of white people. Um, white people led organizations as well who've recognized uh, what was happening, uh, the reality of structural racism. Well, that's another debate um, uh, that well, people are having. Whether right. we can talk, does it exist? Is the, right. the conservative uh, backlash? talk about it only? Exactly. Should should mm. we talk about it only on individual terms or not? Right. Um, the violence against black men and women. Uh, there's books that have been sold out. Uh, uh, organizations uh, who've made books, some books available, some Christian organizations who've made some books available um, um, for free. Yeah. Um, 
uh, our friend uh, um, and, and brother in the Lord, Jamar Tisby, his book, uh, uh, The Color of Compromise, has, has basically been sold out on mm-hmm. Amazon. Mm-hmm. So, so there's the, the conversation is happening. The new, yet, I think, shout out to him as well. He's a New York Times bestselling author. New that York is a Times. huge achievement. But it's off that the is back, a massive achievement. Off the back off of, the this, book. of this tragedy, this disaster, it's just people are... Seem, there seems a hunger, and I don't know. I don't even know how to understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can. We we're gonna get into. We're gonna get into like. Just, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into that, but it's happening. It's mm-hmm. happening. Um, uh, there has been not only a spirit of confession, but even um, what feels like genuine moves to begin um, dismantling some of the the legacies of, of the structures which have. Uh, supported white supremacy in the United States. Yep. Uh, this ups, ups, upsurge in anti-racism awareness has spread all over the globe, including, for instance, uh, the toppling of statues of slave traders in Bristol. Yep. Um, the UK, you, you would have seen a lot of that stuff if you are following Twitter or any other um, social media platforms. Right. So there's a lot of stuff happening. And right. Surprisingly, I saw some stuff about uh, Cecil John Rhodes. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Rose must fall. Yeah. Rose must fall. There's, At Oxford University, some... yeah. And this time, it's, it's white people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not black students um, mm-hmm. who's doing it. Um, Interestingly enough, they tried to get I, that... I found it. Yeah, they tried to get that statue removed in 2016 when Rose must fall was happening here. And there was no, uh, there was no budging. It wasn't moving. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if it's gone yet, has it? But it's certainly there's been a lot yeah. of talk about getting rid of that that statue at Oxford, yeah. Yeah. So so some of that has come back to South Africa as well. We felt some of that back in our own country and um, the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Um, it has hit us as well in our mm-hmm. context, and we've seen it in particular uh, through the uh, ex- ex- some stuff being exposed uh, institutionally within our school systems. Right. Uh, and it's begun uh, with the matric class of uh, bishops, mm-hmm. uh, for example. Well done. Um, if, you, if, you, if you follow the Eusebius MacKaiser show, he did right. a couple of specials with students coming right. out and actually giving their stories, black students mm. giving their stories and, and what that looks like, what that right. means um, for people of color to send their children to predominantly... Well, I mean, what what do you, what's what's the correct word? What's the politically correct word here? White, um, white, white. schools. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to send to send your kids to, to white schools. Because I, I do political correctness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Like white schools is, is that is that the thing? Is that the I, I think in culture, in ethos, uh, in the predominant amount of people you'll find in the money that's built them. I think they're white schools. Look, I'm not a private school boy, so I can't say, yeah. you know. But for me, looking in, I'm like, that's a white school. That's a white ethos. Um, whatever <laughs> yeah. else there may be. By the way, John, John is white, so, so let, yeah. I'll allow him to say, yeah, he, he, he knows better. He, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, with that backlash, what we also, what we also saw was um, uh, on, the, on the 8th of June, uh, sure. an, a mother losing her life uh, and having been eight months pregnant with mm. with her child, uh, um, yeah. there's been a lot of talk about gender-based violence yeah. here in South Africa. Um, now there's there's more news that has come out recently about um, yeah. 
you know the murders, the, the events around the murder. But I think since they, they, they although a female pay, paid a male to another woman paid this guy right. to commit the crime, there was still a, a, a man involved, right, and right. he was he was willing to. And I sure. and I think for as men, it doesn't. For one, if if you think that oh now we off the hook, oh yeah, that, then you then then there's a problem with your response. Right. And secondly, um, as men, we that can't be our response. As 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 people who yeah. who, who need to 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 protect and to and to just be what God has called us to be in a sense. Right, that, right. That, uh, if that's your response, listen, right. you you just just stay away from me. Stay away from my timelines. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and and following 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 her death and the death of her baby. Mm. Um, there's been other incidences. There's been other incidences of women. Uh, at least 21 women and children were murdered um, just um, in the last, what was this? Three weeks? Uh, last few weeks, last mm. three weeks. Um, a friend of mine, I don't know if, if, um, if I don't know, this, I, didn't, I didn't see the stats who's included, but I spoke to friends in the Cape Flats and already two babies, well, not babies, but two children has also lost yeah. their lives. Yeah. One kid was shot um, in the face. Um, yes. and, and at the, I saw that, yeah. So there's, there's, there's both these, there's, there's two pandemics. I mean, Cyril Ramaphosa, our president, said there's, there's this pandemic of, of COVID-19, there's this pandemic of, of abuse against women, but then there's this other pandemic. And I, and I spoke to some of the people on the Cape Flats, and they said to me, listen, as soon as lockdown went down to level, what are we now, level, level three? Three, yeah. Uh, level three. As soon as that happened, the gunshots went off. Yeah. Um, so that pandemic has, has also started afresh again. Um, yeah. So there's a lot that's been happening. Whew. Uh, so in this episode, we, we just want to reflect a bit on everything that has happened, uh, our thoughts and our feelings. How do, we, how do we process this theologically? And what do we see the role of the church being um, in response to what is happening? Um, yeah. I think it's an appropriate response to, um, to ask. And I know there's also in the States, there's another conversation about the removing of, of white you know, yeah. Jesus images and statues right. and um, mm. all kinds of responses. Some Christians are going like, yeah, we, this stuff should have been because it's the, it's, you, you know, the thou shall not make image, thou shall not make false images. So if, right, right. if the non-Christians, the pagans are, are pushing their agenda, so let us, let yeah. us doing it. Yeah. Um, but I think that response loses the, the, the reason behind why people are calling for that. Right. And I'm not, and I'm not, why by me saying this, I'm not calling for the removal of the statues per se, but what I'm saying is that there's a there's a there's a conversation to be had yes uh, within the church amongst Christians about about what people are saying mm-hmm. and 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 I think we should wake up to the fact that the world is not blind to our complicity in mm-hmm. some of the racial uh, crimes and and, and and atrocities that has happened in colonialism yeah. and apartheid and if you're in yeah. the states Jim Crow and um, during all those periods yeah. so John let's 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 get into this so. So your initial thoughts, um, are you, how are you thinking and feeling about everything that has gone yeah. on? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a big question. It's just, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot. There is a lot going on. And I think, um, yeah, it's just that, that even it's the question of like Black Lives Matter. Um, and then we just put that in the context of like the gender-based violence going on in South Africa. And um you know, for me, I was just like, well, who, 
it's just this, this reality that, that in our world, some lives matter more than other lives. Um, and, I th- you know, and, and, and when people want to come with the all lives matter, of course we're saying that. And the, really, the, point we say, the reason we're saying black lives matter is because people are acting like they don't matter. The reason why we want to say women's yeah. lives matter is because in our country right now, it almost feels like they they don't, like there's something horribly wrong. Um, and so I just, I just, yeah. I'm just sitting and going, how did we get to this point? And I know, I know perhaps through media and other things, it feels like that at this moment, we, it, it's particularly worse, but I don't think it is. I just think we're more aware of it. I think for decades and centuries, even the reality yeah. has been and perhaps even the whole history of man of, of humanity, I don't know, is being that some lives are deemed more worthy than no. others. And yeah. um, I don't know, as a Christian person, I'm just sitting and going, that can't be right. That can't be right. And I think just that overwhelming feeling of going, well, what does my faith say to this? What does the scripture say? What, is, what does the Bible yeah. say to this? Um, yeah, and then we, like you said, we've got like this conservative backlash of, you know, all lives matter or racism is a, it's a sin issue, not a skin issue, uh, or just preach yeah. the gospel and these kind of things, which there's a bit of truth in them. Of course, you want to preach the gospel, but like what gospel? And yeah, of course, racism is a sin issue, but it's also a skin issue because it's sin against people with a certain kind of skin, right? Like, skin, I mean, yeah, yeah you, you know, yeah. like, let's be honest here. It's, it was a sin. sin. Like, let's name, the, yeah, yeah, name the sin. Yeah, let's name the sin. And, yeah. Because that's, that's part of, that's part of counseling. That's part of yeah. uh, uh, reconciliation. That's part of restoration. Um, mm. Identifying the sin, naming the sin, and then working towards dismantling the sin. Right. Um, yeah, my initial thoughts is, I mean, is, has been just, just the level of, 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 of brokenness. Yeah. Um, that is, that is the fact that we, people of, as a, and I'm speaking as a person of color, mm. that we've, that people of color have been saying this stuff for so long yeah. and are, and and it's and it's cent- and it's and it's centuries, it's years, it's it's yeah. decades of of saying the same thing. Yeah. For me, the first thing is that just this just sprang to me when I when I saw the 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 kind of as 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 the thing just escalated and people responding. The first thing that came to mind was like, so did it take the death of a person for for us to get here? Like, mm. like. What what does it what does it what does it take? Uh, I I saw uh, as, as the as the conversation was going. I saw a tweet or not a tweet, a post of one um, student posting about how she's dealing with some of this this racism and these things in her own personal life. And she was saying that um, she has to excel in 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 the area that she studied. Uh, now she's in sort of part time in industry, and right. she has to excel in the area that she's that she's working because um, she knows how she's viewed as a person of color doing right. what she's doing. Right. And the second thing is she can never show weakness in front of a, in front of a white person. Yep. And I thought to myself, how, like, and I thought to myself, like so many other young people came as like, Oh, thanks for these tips. Thanks for these tips. And I was like, are those tips? Yeah. Like you have, can you yeah. imagine a life 
where you have to daily, when you're in front of people, you can't be you. You yeah. can't be normal. Yeah. You have to put in sort of imaginary steel bars into your into your yeah. I mean into your body, into your sides, in order to to not show weakness as a, yeah. as a person of color, not just as a woman, but as a person of color yeah, in, front yeah. of, in front of white people who were just being. Yeah. Which is being. And I thought to myself, like, now that kind of stuff, those kind of conversations. Uh, and I mean, Shailen wrote a beautiful um, mm. um, article on the, on the Gospel Coalition. And a lot of people are just loving this article. Mm. And I am like, but we've been saying the yeah. same stuff. Like, how, how is this the stuff that you want to see? And right. he's articulating it so beautifully. I'm like, you have living testimonies, walking and living with yeah. you daily. And you are still not seeing. I think for me, my initial thought mm. was like, why is this getting yeah. us? Why is it getting us now? Yeah. I mean, I, I had similar thoughts because I mean, like you were saying, uh, like you said, like does it have to take someone dying? But we've been we've been having people dying. I mean, in the States, I mean, we had Ahmed Arbery being shot while jogging. I mean, well, what is it strangled? While jogging just a few weeks ago, we had Trayvon Martin. You know, we had Mike Brown. Yeah. We had uh, we had um, uh, we had Eric Garner, like what three four years ago, saying exactly the same thing. I mean, it's same so thing. spooking. I can't breathe. It's 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 so yeah. spooky, and it's almost to the day. I mean, it's like there's I think a few weeks apart, and you've got this happening, and you're like, and, and so far, part of me is going, why this? Yeah. Why now? I don't understand. People have been saying this for so long. Uh, yeah. What what is it about this? this incident, this time that has gotten people up in arms, because like you say, black people in particular and women have been speaking and speaking and speaking. Um, and I think part of the frustration as well, and it's, it's kind of that, I think there must be a tension because part of you are excited that people are actually standing up and listening for once, but there's also yeah. a frustration about you going, but we've been saying this. Why yeah. are you getting it now? Why didn't you listen to us? Why couldn't, sure. if, like, could these deaths, some of these deaths have been avoided if, yeah. if, if you listen to us? I mean, yeah. I mean, we had a whole thing, you know, just a, a national outcry just in September about Uyunene. Um, yeah. I've forgotten her surname now for a minute. Uh, but Uyunene, just in, in, was it September last year? And, and we had a yeah. massive campaign against sure, gender-based yeah. violence. And now... And we're back there. And it feels like it's worse. And, that, yeah. and people are talking and we're going, what will change? Mm. When will it change? When will you listen? Um, I, 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 you know, and so I, I'm kind of like, yeah, it's, it's a mixture of, the, I'm, I'm excited that people are talking about it. But part of me is going, why now? Are you really listening? Is it trendy? I don't yeah. know. I'm just, there's a mix of emotions there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we, how do we, how do we do part of this processing theologically? Um, yeah. um, mm. how, how do we do it? Um, sure. I, I is, think, is, is it yeah, because yeah. some people, some people look at, at, at Black Lives Matter and I think there's a lot of, so there's a lot also being written, a lot of been talking about Black Lives Matter, the organization and right. Black Lives Matter, the movement. Right, and right. so a lot of people are saying, we can't even begin to process this theologic because there's just no room because this is a pagan, non-Christian right. movement. Um, and the evidences are, look at the looting. 
that's not Christian behavior. Right, right. And so by definition, surely there can't be Christians among us. And if there are Christians among us, um, Colonialism, they, have into the lie of Christ, they have bought into the lie of, Christ, uh, of, of critical race theory, theory and yeah. mark, cultural Marxism. Marxism and, yeah. and, and, so, and so those guys sort of, uh, you know, they've lapsed. And exactly. so you can't really take those guys seriously. Mm-hmm. So, and so is there even a place to process all of this theologically? Mm. Um, I mean, there's obviously a lot that needs to be said theologically, but in one sense, it all comes back, for me, it all comes down to, do we believe that every man, woman, boy, and girl are made in the image of God? God. Like, full stop, worthy of dignity and honor, fearfully and wonderfully made. They bear God's image and they have worth. No buts, no, like, you know, but he's black, but he's gay, but he's an oppressor, (laughs) nothing. Full stop. No matter what we want to add, no matter what gets added to the identity, that is, that is what happens. That is who you are. That is what, it's a major day, image of God, full Mm. stop. And they have dignity and worth. And that's why when, when black lives are being lost, when black lives are feeling like they're under threat. And I, I, I just want to say this, if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that black lives have been under threat in this in this globe for 400 years and more, yeah. I, I really want to ask where you've been. I mean, let's talk about yeah. slavery. Let's talk about Jim Crow. Let's talk about apartheid. Let's talk about fees must fall. Let's talk about these things. Let's talk about the, the fact that in our city today, not far from us, there are people who are hungry. Re- hunger is a real problem during lockdown. There are people without sanitation. There are women who are going to be raped going to the toilet. Just, to, yeah. just. I mean, like that's going to happen tonight. And all of them, all of them are black. Like, yeah. I mean, so, so the fact is that that in our world, the systems and the structures that have been set up whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, implicitly say that some lives matter more than others. White yeah. men matter more. And that just is. You don't have, I don't have to, I don't agree with that. But the reality is I know that in our world, my life matters more than a black man, certainly more than a black woman. And that is wrong. That is ungodly. That is, and, and so yeah. when we come with our theology, we need to say, but that's wrong. And so, saying something like black lives matter is actually it's a profound theological statement because it's saying yeah. black people are made in the image of god and worthy of dignity and honor and respect and put and protection end of story and yeah. in fact and i you know and so the fact that a movement and we can debate the nature of the movement with their secular or cultural marxists or whatever tag you want whatever problems you have with them the problem is a movement had to come up that is not christian that had to say black lives matter Wow. That's wow. the problem. It is a Christian a statement. It's a theological statement. We should have been the first one saying, this is wrong. Black lives matter. Yeah. Women's lives matter. And let's be controversial. Gay people's lives matter. I don't care where you stand if you're affirming. It's not even controversial. It is. It, it is. It's not it even controversial. Not it, it doesn't matter yeah. whether you agree with what and what. People's lives matter. Lives End of, matter. And for yeah. me, that, that's the story. the story. Everyone's life matters. And so, you know, I often say, like, I mean, I just think back to apartheid and I think back to, and, you know, there was a, I mean, Steve Biko was a controversial character for white people, and understandably so, because he wanted black yeah. people to understand their, their dignity and their worth. 
I mean, it's almost the original Black Lives Matter in some ways, uh, certainly in South Africa. And, you know, and he wanted black people to understand the dignity and work. And so he came up with a saying that black is beautiful. And it's the same as Black Lives Matter. No one's saying white is not beautiful, but it's a reminder to people and that black is beautiful because you're acting like black is not beautiful. And so, and, and often, and as I reflected on I'm saying that is such a profound theological statement. Why was Steve Biko, who I don't think was a Christian, I mean, you know, I've, I've read his life, I've read his history, I know he has some, some Christian influence, but I'm not sure if he was a believer. God can handle that, that's fine. But when I look at it, I'm saying, there's an organization that's not overtly Christian, and they're coming up and saying, black is beautiful. Nice, yeah. Why, why were we who understand that every man, woman, child is made in the image of God with dignity and worth, we're not saying, you cannot treat black people like that. You cannot treat women yeah. like that because black is beautiful is a theological statement. It's not a political statement. It only becomes a political statement because we never made it a theological statement. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting excited. You no, 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 passion no, worked out. I think, I think it's spot on. I think the, the, the issue is, is that if we believe in total depravity, um, yes. the doctrine of it, um, we will understand that total depravity does not mean that there's absolutely no good in in a non-Christian. And so yeah. you combine that with the doctrine of the Imago Dei, uh, the image of God, and what you have is a beautiful image of God sustaining power in the midst of the brokenness of this world. Right. And he still, he values that life. Exactly. God does not desire the death of a sinner. Yeah. And, and, and if that does not say to us that, that if it, if, if, if it is to evangelize that person, which I think is, is also a, a skewed motivation. Exactly. But if it is to evangelize that person, don't you think that person needs to stay alive in order for you to get to that person? Yeah. E- even um, if you're just but, saying but, that. But it's way more. Yeah, even if really. you're saying that. But there's, there's way more than that. Exactly. God says just on the basis that of any person who was created, any person who lives on this planet, exactly. there is value in that person. And I do not desire not just the spiritual death, but just... Death in itself. It's wrong. God yeah. does not desire that death. Yeah. And, and I think there's, there's, there's a theological point in, in Black Lives Matter in that, um, I mean, there's, there's so much being said about, you know, the, unchristian, the unchristianness of it. Right. That, um, we, like if you've watched anything from the States, the Candace Michels of this world, yeah. who then go and say things like, uh, you know, look at the guy's track record. There's nothing right. good from this person. Right. Total, the doctor of total depravity speaks against us and says there's, the image of God says there's some good in that person. There is Absolutely. some good in the person, regardless of their rep. It doesn't matter. And, yeah. and, 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 and it doesn't matter. And we need to, as Christians, look at it from that standpoint and say that the gospel, the gospel um, compels us and motivates us to advocate for, for, for lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, it advocates us for life. Like, I, I'm looking at Daniel, and here's, here's probably a controversy. I'm looking at Daniel. When Daniel's life was in danger, when all the magician, magicians in, 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 in Babylon uh, was about to be killed, uh, you know what Daniel said? You know, he stood up and said, let me interpret the king's dream, and I will lay it bare, and the Lord will reveal. And th- you know what? He didn't, didn't just come up as a Christian, you know, trying to show the, the God of, of, of mm-hmm. Israel off. He said, no, do not kill those pagan magicians. Yeah. Stop, stop the enemies. killing. Yeah. I, will, I, will, I will interpret. 
And what he's dying for, he's not saying all lies. He's not saying coming with all lies. Oh, don't, don't keep it. He's saying, no, I'm going to stand for the magicians who are not preaching the gospel, who doesn't right. believe in my God. I'm going to stand up for them because their lives matter. Exactly. Yeah. And then he pursues justice structurally. Yeah. <laughs> and he even takes a position within, within pagan government. Right. And, he, and, he, and then he fights for all lives. But at that mm. moment, he was fighting for the lives of non-Christian pagans who were running a movement, if you want to call it that, that is mm. completely anti-gospel. Anti but he nonetheless saw the value of human life in right. those people. Right. Uh, yeah. And so Black Lives Matter, it is mm. a theological statement. And, and, and we can take it further because when we go and we look at Jesus' life, we look at, we look at who the people Jesus hang out. He hangs out with all the wrong people. He hangs out with the unclean lepers. He hangs out with prostitutes. He, he hangs out with tax collectors, traitors, people that, yep. that, that in, in Israel in that day, it was very obvious their lives did not matter. I mean, isn't, isn't that exactly what, what uh, the Pharisees say when, uh, when the woman comes and she breaks the perfume and she... Um, Dries Jesus here. Oh my goodness, my story is confused. When he says, if he had known, if Jesus knew what kind of a woman this was, he wouldn't let her yep. do this. If we, he sure. had known, you would know that hashtag her life does not matter. And Jesus says, no, her life matters. No, yeah. I, I love the leper. I love the outcast. I love the sinner. If, I mean, can you think of the scandal, the blog post that would have gone around when Jesus goes to Zacchaeus? <laughs> How can he, yeah. you know, I mean, you want to talk about looting and you're saying that that uh, disregards the record. What about Zacchaeus? He was, I mean, he was institutionally looting and oppressing his people. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house for lunch. I'm coming yeah. to eat at your house. And Zacchaeus, he, he, he turns around and Jesus says, you know, today salvation has come to this Come man's to this, house when he yeah. sees restitution, by the way, but that's for another part. Yeah, 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 yeah. But here's the thing is, it's just like, it's a, Jesus does not wipe it out. And Jesus, and, and he doesn't, you know, when Jesus heals the lepers, people don't go, oh, but Jesus, all life matters. No, Jesus loves <laughs> particularly the leper. He particularly loves yeah. the demoniac. He particularly loves the people who are the outcasts and the sinners. And so yeah. Jesus, it, it's a profound statement of Imagine Day. And we need to ask ourselves, who are those who are on the underside of society today? Who are those who are experiencing oppression? Who are those who are hmm. being treated as though all lives don't, as their, their lives don't matter? As if when they come to lunch, you know, the, the, the respectable people will say, if he knew what kind of person they were, he would have nothing yeah. to do with them. And Jesus says, no, I know. Don't worry. Oh, I, but I, they I, matter. I, yep. They matter. And, uh, and so yeah. it's, it's, it's this profound statement again and again. I just come back to the idea. If you don't like Black Lives Matter as a movement, and we could discuss that, but I really, but it, I don't really even think it's worth it. If you don't, if you don't like them as a movement, why have we not embodied that theological truth in everything we do? Yeah. Because that is really what it is. The movement only comes because the people of God are actually complicit because the people of God are acting like Black Lives Don't Matter or acting like women's lives don't matter. And and by that it's our silence as well, by our apathy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, but but you see, on the back of what we're saying, you know, and and we we speaking from scripture, but right. on the back of this, there's been a lot of backlash from from conservative Christians uh, against the Black Lives Matter movement, arguing that it is pushing for an anti-Christian agenda 
Right. And that even the, the phrase Black Lives Matter itself is, a the, is theologically suspect. Mm. Um, I mean, we've spoken, a, a, we've spoken a, to, a, to a degree about it, but in particularly from conservative Christians, mm. um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pushback against, against this. And the, the thing for me uh, that has stand out amongst us Christians having this conversation, in particular with conservative Christians, is the, is, is the constant use and referral of or reference to other black Christians or right. the few black Christians who are saying, you know, the things that many of our conservative white Christians want to hear and pointing exactly. to us is like, oh, you guys are talking about the black lives or, or black Christians are saying, you say mm-hmm. all black Christians are saying this, but what about X, Y, and Z Christian? Um, and sort of, that is sort of the, you know, the card that's supposed to shut down right. the conversation. Right. And nothing is supposed to be said beyond that. Mm-hmm. But how do we, within that, how do we, how do we, how do we, I don't know, how do we, how do we move towards a point in a place where, where Christians can, can have these kind of disagreements, but at the same, because we, we all about, you know, the essentials. But when it comes to these conversations, it seems like these non-essentials are what actually becomes the essentials to the point that we don't invite each other to each other's pulpits. Um, mm. We don't invite each other. There's no fellowship. These things break fellowship as a concept. Right. But anyway, speak to the idea of conservatives in particular and their responses. Or have you engaged or seen any of their responses? Well, I wouldn't say I've engaged. I Look, I mean, here's the thing is... is and this is what conservatives don't want to hear. And I think we don't want to admit this, those of us who have a more conservative bent, is that we have, particularly those of us who are white, or those of us who may perhaps who are black who are benefiting from a system. And, and let's 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 be honest, almost all of those black conservatives that are speaking are collecting a paycheck. Okay. I, I, maybe that's a very cynical, but they are collecting a paycheck. And you know what? In one sense, like, I get that. We all need to eat. We need to put food on the table. And you know what? There's this, you know, you don't, <laughs> you do not mess with your paycheck, man. You don't, you don't cause trouble with your paycheck. And so I want to put that up there because I always want to say, when there is that level where we refuse to engage, we refuse to listen, we refuse to say, yeah. why is it that this black person is saying this? But all that, well, not all, but Many, many other black people are saying something different. That doesn't mean this person yeah. is wrong, but it doesn't mean they're yeah. right either. So let's like yeah. let's just stop and go. Let, let's let's have like you said, let's have a conversation. Let's say, wait, hang on, we've got um, <clears throat> we've got Vadi over here who's saying what I want to hear. Uh, I didn't mention names. Ah, you didn't, but I, you know, <laughs> I didn't drop you, you know, names. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you told me before we went on air, I'm getting old. I'm getting too old. For, like, but I mean, like, we got Vardy over here, and he's saying the things that conservative Christians want to hear. And that's fantastic. And I'm not saying he's, he lacks integrity. I don't know the guy. But maybe he truly believes that. But the question is, why is Vardy saying that? But then you've got, like, so many other black Christians saying something different. Of course, it's yeah. easier to listen to the person. And I don't care what color of your skin is. It's easier to listen to the person who says what you want to hear. You know, uh, I'm a football fan. It's easier for me to listen to someone who says Liverpool's the greatest team in the world 
than someone who says yeah. Man United is, you know, because they, because ta- of course I believe Liverpool's <laughs> the greatest team in the world. It's my team. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. if you talk at a superficial yeah. level like that. So there's a vested interest amongst white conservative Christians, and I'm going to say one conservative Christian men very often in finding someone to back you up. The problem is yeah. where those those voices become almost they become my I don't but like almost become my pet voice, my tame voice, my voice that I can use. And I think they are being very often used and manipulated by white conservatives who say, where I can say, there we go, I don't need to listen to you, David, because I've got this trump card. I've got one or two black people who say that. And actually the question is, why do we have a difference amongst black people? Let's look at that. Let's let's dig down. Why do these people feel like black lives don't matter? Let's ask that question. Even, maybe they're wrong, but let's ask, why are they feeling like that? Why, are, why are, are black people feeling like they don't belong in church? Why are they feeling like the church is complicit? What yeah. could it be that is leading to that? Like, that's yeah. a very different question. And that is a question that comes out of recognizing people as made in the image of God. Of God, yeah. Because you're saying, actually, why do they not feel valued? Let me actually, yeah. rather than trying to make them a, a system or an opponent or a viewpoint, let me say, how do I understand? How do I love this person? Even if I think yeah. they're wrong, how do I love them? How do I really listen to them? And I just find very little of that in the church. Very little of that. Yeah. Uh, certainly in the conservative church, often time and time again, we have that very little. We don't listen to people. We make them viewpoints or talking points or opinion points. And we do that both for the people we agree with and the people we disagree with. Um, wow. And, uh, and, and that's, it's, it's a theological failure that is born yeah. out of, and, and I'm going to say it, born out of a system that has taught us that white voices matter more. And those that have a proximity or an agreement with white voices matter more. So we listen to them more. It's perpetuating sure. that cycle. And, uh, it's, yeah, I'm not saying I mean, you have to, yeah. yeah, yeah, you go on, go on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I think there's a lot of truth there. And um and and for I mean define conservative. I think there's <laughs> you and I we you and I are to a degree, there's there's some conservative. Uh we, we still hold to some sure. theological views that we are like Yeah. Yeah, fairly conservative. There's people more woke than us. There's woke and woke people, us than us, um, that are having this conversation. Sure. Uh, but, but I think in that, for me, the thing is, even if, if we disagree on these matters, the posture that we take and then the name calling, the, 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 the othering of the people who disagree with, with with us, um, that for me is probably what hurts me most about our conservative brothers and their responses. Um, uh, people who, who, who knows where you stand on majority of of, sure. of theological issues, right. uh, and which we would affirm, who will discredit you, um, and who will say all kinds of things that are completely unfounded, um, because of for the sake of you know sometimes it's even oh there's some voices in the states who are who are going down this route and calling whatever this is this. South Africans may not be having the conversation on that level, 
Right. And we are dealing with, with things on a different, you know, spectrum, which brings me to the question of Black Lives Matter, which some people are saying is essentially an American movement. Right. And so why should um, that matter to South Africans? Um, are we just Im- importing some of these concern into of the West into our, into our context? Right. Um, and that's a legit question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, but I think if we if if we're gonna if we're gonna if we're gonna have this conversation right. that we that we have to we we there there needs to be some kind of recognition that what happened in the states for black people across the world felt some sense of I can relate to yes. that yeah and that hurt me profoundly mm. to the point that. Everywhere people are saying that's true mm. in, in, yeah. in the world. They're saying that this, this is happening. So when people ask the question, why not leave it that side? The question is, why do black people in particular feel this way about right. that's great, what yeah. was happening? Mm. Why are they feeling this way? And so let's bring it to us. Let's bring it to us in mm. South Africa. Why do South Africans feel the way they feel? And why, why is it not? Why don't we just leave it in the States? What are your opinions? So, I mean, let's say the obvious thing up front. There are some people jumping on the bandwagon, okay? There are some people in love with the States and whatever happens in the States. And so, yeah, so they... they, Doesn't stay in the States. Doesn't stay in the... It's always like, you know, whatever's (laughs) happening in the States controls. And so there are people who do that. There is a reality. We live in a global world and we do consume a lot of media from the States. So, yes, it's going to happen. And that's all contributing factors. But I think what you said is... Is, is one of the key things is that I think, and, and judging by some of the experiences and the things I've read from people all over the globe, is almost every black man in particular is thinking, that could be me. That is sure. a situation that is not outside the realm of possibility for me. Uh, yeah. And I think that's what, that's what measures. And so even though it happened in the States, even though they seem to have a particular problem with institutionalized violence and murder of black people by the police. That seems to be a particular problem. We know that those kind of things could happen here. And in fact, we know they have happened here. We had a system that institutionally, that that wasn't just uh, turned a blind eye, that institutionally said it was okay to kill black people. I mean, we had special forces during apartheid, which had a bri next to the burning bodies of black activists. We know this is history. And that is not so long ago. I mean, that is in my lifetime. That is in my lifetime these things were happening. We see it. We see it still today. We see it every time. You know, if you and I must walk down the streets uh, in the city center and and a security cop, a car must pull up, we know exactly what's happening. To me, they're saying, are you all right, sir? To you, they're saying, do you live here? Right? Yep. And that's exactly it. And we know that is the case. And so there's a difference. And so when you see something happening yeah. from those who are supposed to protect us, and you you know you've been profiled. You've had people come up to you. I know friends who've been who've been handcuffed. I know friends who've been put in the back of cars just for walking while black. And it happens here in this country where black people are the majority. It still happens. Uh, yeah, there is still an anti-black sentiment, even by black people. That's how 
That's how effective the wickedness of apartheid was, is that it, it, it almost made black people distrust black people. I know I'm more trusted as a white person by black people. And let's be honest, it was my ancestors that came and stole the land. It was my ancestors that enslaved people. It was my ancestors that uh, exploited economically and got, and like it was, my, it was my people. And yet I'm more trusted. Yeah. That's messed up. Sure. That's messed up. Yeah. But that's exactly what happened. So, so why is it, does it feel so real in South Africa? One, because I think everyone can relate to it. And secondly, because we're still living with the legacy of apartheid. Yeah. Where it is not hard to and, see that black lives are not, do not matter to the same extent that white lives do, whether that's in the police, whether that's education, whether that's sanitation, yeah. whether that's employment. We've seen these stories time and time again. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You probably want to say more to that. Jamie. I, no, it's no, but it's, it's, we saw it. We had a yeah. couple of, we had a few people die. Um, yeah. And everyone who died were Everybody yeah. who died were black when during during this lockdown period. Yeah, the white people who who did get arrested. Um, some of the things that has happened, you know, it, it, you know, you may you may question whether it was, you know, just or legit or whatever under circumstances. Mm-hmm. But here's the matter: they walked away with yes, is the fact they walked away with their lives. Um, yeah. A lot of black men were not that fortunate. They didn't walk away with their lives. And there's a conversation amongst. Um, people of yeah. color to be had about, um, you know, dignity and, 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 and what do we, what are we preaching and what are we saying in particular as, as Christians, uh, about the issue of black dignity. Yeah. Um, and we, and we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to have that conversation because, you know, it's, 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 it's Biko language. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's all, it's all muddled up in that stuff because, and if, even if you don't want to have the conversation around, around black dignity, just have the conversation around dignity. Talk exactly. about the fact that many of us have an inferiority complex. Right. Talk about the fact that, that there is, that we suspect black people of doing crime, not because, you know, we're looking at how the guy is dressed, but because right. when the guy comes in, we agree with the boss who says, check that oak because he's, exactly. he's a person of color. And yeah. we have prejudices about our own people. Right. And those are questions, those are those are conversations that needs to be had. Mm. And now what is the role of the church um, talking about as Christians? How do we how do we respond as Christians in particular um, to this? We spoke about it theologically, but as as a church, what what is our role and what is the work that the church can do in order to, you know, to speak mm. into this time and also to be a, a prophetic, not just a prophetic voice, but a prophetic incarnational Mm. Uh, uh, agent, agent in this time. Sure. I mean, look, there's obviously a lot that can be said. And I think one of the things is we've already raised it. Um, and I just want to kind of push on it. And again, it's, it's the thing that keeps coming back to me is I think, I think the prob- the reason why, uh, why Black Lives Matter is not a priority for the church is because our theology is skewed. Because our theology yeah. is skewed. We And so again and again, we need to go back to our theology and we need to say, do we really believe the doctrine of the Major Day? Do we really see what Jesus was doing? Do we do we really believe that everyone, no one, is 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 beyond redemption? Do we believe that? Do we believe that God is redeeming and restoring all things? Do do we believe yeah. that? Because if we do, that's got to change things. How do we say that in a country where where white people have an average life expectancy of twenty years? Still today, more than black people. We've got to say, well, if black 
people matter to God. Black people are made in Imaja Day. How do we speak to that as a church? Do we yeah. just give more sermons? And sermons are good. Do we just pray some more? At some point, we've got to stand up. We've got to say, this is not right. This does not honor God. Um, yeah. and, and so I think it comes back to we have a faulty theology that is over-spiritualized, over-individualized, that has very little to say to what it means today. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, is the problem is our theology is like, you know, like you go if you go to a party and you see a guy with white shoes and they clean beautiful white shoes, right? And I feel like that's how we are sometimes. Our shoes aren't dirty. They're, they're, there's no dirt on them. Whereas actually our theology has got to be, it's, we've got to have dirty feet with the context in which we live. It's got to be grounded yeah. in what we If God is not, doesn't have anything to say to the fact, um, you know, that, 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 that thousands of people don't have adequate sanitation, that tw- oh, more than 21 women and children have been violently killed in South Africa in the past two weeks, if God doesn't have anything to say to that, I want to ask you, have you been reading your Bible? And I don't just mean preach a sermon. Don't just like, I mean, yes, preach, preach in form. But at some point you've got to get up out of those those chairs, you've got to get out of your pulpit and you've got to say, if we believe this, if we believe yeah. this, what is God asking us to do? Because you see, if we're not doing anything, we've got to, if, if it's not moving us to action, we've got to say, do we believe this? Or do yeah. we actually believe that some lives matter more than others? Because right now, that's the message in our churches, that's the message in our society, that's the message in our schools. That's that's the message. Now that's, that's a lie from the, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. But the only but the question is, do you believe it's a lie? And we yeah. know we know that you believe it's a lie. What does Jesus say? By your fruit, by their fruit you will know them. Not by their sermons, yeah. not by their theology exam, their by their fruit. By their, yeah. And, and so that's that for me is the church has got some serious work, introspective work to do. And to say, do we, and I'll say this, do we believe the gospel? Do we believe the gospel? And if we do, we need to repent. And by the way, if you want want me to to really stir it up, people who won't repent when they hear the gospel, Are they Christians? I mean, I'm just going to throw it out. I mean, isn't that, like, isn't that the entry yeah. level people who hear the gospel and repent are Christians? And if yeah. you're not repenting and hearing the gospel, when you hear the gospel, are you a Christian? Do you, and I don't want to yeah. play junior Holy Spirit, but that's, that's, that's how serious this stuff is. Yeah, yeah my, my, my response would be to the church is do not leave your young people out. Sure. Um, that's great. Do, do not leave. When when we have a tendency to be, if you look at Matthew, was it twenty three verse twenty three? Mm-hmm. Um, you give your milk, your your tithing, but you leave out what the law requires: oh, yeah. justice, justice, mercy, mercy faithfulness. Yeah, yeah. Those of us who are, especially Reformed churches on the Cape Flats, those of us who who are doing a faithful gospel ministry, we 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 we've got stuck with faithfulness. We we've mm-hmm. got stuck with gospel faithfulness, and we. We have, for the sake of saving face, of, of being known as a faithful faithful church, we have we have we have forsaken mercy and justice. Sure, which is what 
church, but the black church in particular in the South African context has been doing sure. very well. We've mm-hmm. been, we've been good in loving our people in terms of justice and mercy. Problem is we just don't always have the resources, but we've, yeah. we've, we have come alongside each other in real tangible ways, yeah. loving each other in those two areas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I would like to say is when you do your justice and mercy work alongside your faithfulness work, alongside your structural work by giving your ties and making sure the structure is, is, working, is working well, here's the other thing you need to do. Do not leave the young people out because right. it's the young people who go out on the streets and start Fismas for. It's the young people who are saying the church has got nothing to say. Once they're right. done with their programs, it's only catering for X, Y, and Z. You know, the, the older people, the, the, mm. the you know, the, the, the family system. But right. in the family, why are we neglected in this? These young people who go to these, you know, whatever schools you want to call, white schools, as John called them who goes to those schools, there's, there's a reason why none of them went through apartheid, but it's yeah. awfully interesting that the lingo and the language and the exactly. experience is like people who have just come out of apartheid or who are Ooh. still living in apartheid. Yeah. These are people who don't know the oppression that our parents know. Right, right. But they are talking like they know this stuff. And so in our efforts as a church, we need to come back to asking ourselves, what is... What is the legacy we're going to leave for, for the next generation? Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, John, here's another question. What a lot of white Christians listening to this and, and, and Christian men in particular, also yeah. white Christians in particular, mm-hmm. and men, Christian men in particular also was asking this question, you know, what is, what is our role? What do we do in this, in this time? Mm-hmm. What can we do in this time? So I was like, while you were talking, I was actually thinking of something and actually ties in quite nicely is, is, um, I've got a couple of things, but the first thing I want to say is that we need to learn to trust our black brothers and sisters. So, you know, when when they are saying racism is happening, when they are saying these things are happening in schools, when they're saying these things are happening in universities, when they are saying that that actually we are still not treated as made in the image of God, stop asking for receipts. Stop asking them to prove it. Start trusting them. Start saying, I'm hearing you. I'm listening because you can't understand. You don't understand and you won't see it. You won't see it because you're the beneficiary of the system. The system works differently for you. Uh, so you won't see it unless someone helps you see it and you, no one get, and, and you don't get, and someone, if someone's trying to help you see it, that's an incredible gift. First of all, that is an incredible gift. Someone sharing their pain, sharing their struggle for you and listen, trust them. Trust them to say, like, they understand their life experience. They've lived in this black body. They've experienced this oppression. They've experienced the subtle racism. They've experienced the microaggressions. They've experienced it all. They've experienced maybe in the big stuff. You haven't. So listen first. Humbly listen. Um, But, sorry, that's just, I mean, that's that's the first thing. That's helpful. That's helpful. And then, because you don't know, you're not the expert. It's like we need to stop thinking we are. Um, you know, I've been doing this this work for a while. I've been thinking about this for a while. I am still not. I still don't experience what you experienced, Dan. I, I, I won't. People look at me. They don't know what my political opinions are. They don't know what my, my opinions are. All they see is a white person. I'm loyal. I'm trustworthy. Um, you know, whatever. But, and I'm not a threat. But yet... 
just because of the color of my skin. I'm judged that way. I'm deemed more worthy. Um, so and just in line with that, I think like white people, if you are, if this moment, and I don't understand this moment, I don't understand why it's, it's rising now. If you are feeling like, uh, like there's some kind of wokeness happening, you're waking up, God, I'm hoping God is stirring something in you. I hope this is not just going on with whatever's cool on Instagram or Twitter. I hope God is really stirring something in amongst you. And you might be using that, that classic question, what must I do? Um, first of all, I want to say there's a heap, there's a whole internet to educate you, you on. So don't always put that question on yeah. black people. Do the work. But what we what we're yeah. going to do and what I'm going to do, and, I'm, and uh, we're still working out some of the details, but uh, very soon we're going to be releasing a three-week series called What Must I Do? A White Christian's Guide to Anti-Racism. You can sign up for that. We're going to talk you through what is racism. Let's look at where does it happen in the church and try and give you something of an anti-racism toolkit uh, over those three weeks. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so just check our social media feeds. We'll put out details soon. We're still working out some of the details. But if you are saying, what must I do? Okay, if you're serious about it, we're, we're going to try We're going to walk through with you. And it's uh, it's going to be myself and, and a couple of others. We're going to walk through and try and help you figure out what must we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very helpful. That's very helpful. Mm. Um, I just want to, because we, we did mention the fact that women and children have suffered yeah. during this time as well. So just as yeah. a final question, mm. um, what are some of the unhelpful theologies uh, <laughs> which you think have prevented the church from getting more involved in actively working against racism and violence against women and children? Well, that's a big question for a final question. I think part of that is, is we have, we need to go back and we need to look at our theology of, of women. We need to look at our theology of subordination. We need to look at our theology of the Trinity. We need to go back and read Genesis 1 and 2. Um, we need to say, we need to look and say, do we see that women and are equally created in the image of God? And if they are, that's going to ask, that, that raises a whole lot of questions. And we need to ask ourselves a question and we need to say to ourselves, have we as a church been complicit in implying or yeah. in actively practicing that women are lesser than men? And I even want to suggest sure. something because I think this is something of a journey I'm on. If you have been raised... Um, just believing in in male headship in thinking through these kind of things i realize i have a whole lot of unexamined assumptions and i just want to say let's go back to scripture i'm not telling you where to land i think there's healthy debates on this and i want it to be healthy (laughs) but i say go back go question those assumptions go look at scripture go read people like david said earlier on people on the other side um and i think as a church we need to say we have been complicit in perpetrating this message that women are lesser than men. And so that actually allows and gives people kind of a a twisted logic. I know you would never say this, but it gives people a twisted logic in saying, I can do what I like with women because I'm the head, because I'm the boss, because men are the head of women. And I'm just saying is I think, again, we come back to a theology that is underlying that. uh, And we need to go and we need to look at it. And we need to listen to women we need to trust women and we need to repent and then we need to get to work yeah. to change the systems and the structures and things it's again yeah. let's do the work yeah 
I want to say to men of color in particular that we have we find ourselves in a very unique moment at this at this in this period, especially men my age and probably a little bit younger as well, uh, men of color, in that we the generations before us, um, many of our parents, uh, especially men, never really set us down and has had conversations with us. Mm. And we are starved of uh, older men, younger men, not even within the church context, within a family context, yeah. older men, younger men context, sitting down with one another, teaching each other about what um, manhood and biblical manhood looks like within right. a healthy and a healthy, godly, God-honoring way so that we do not respond the way the disciples responded to Jesus when he was having a conversation with uh, the Samaritan woman, um, wanting to ask him, uh, why are you talking with this woman? Because our culture has, has, has taught us so many skews, so many wrong things about how we view ourselves and how we, how we view women, in particular, Samaritan women, uh, right. women of color, women who are, who are, who, who, you know, however you want to, you know, define how our culture has made us to view women in particularly mm -hmm. our black sisters. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things that we need to say and we need to do now, we in this generation, in this generation, men my age and younger, then we can do right that I think our parents have gotten wrong. Mm -hmm. We have the resources. We have the tools. The only thing is, is a humble and willing heart to say, I need to do the hard work. Right. The hard work of unlearning, the hard work of, of reforming the hard work of, 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 of looking for the help and the structures that we need. It is right. godly and manly to say, I need help. Mm. You did that when you asked for repentance and faith in Jesus. Mm. Well, he came to you and opened your heart, but it, it came from a place of repentance. Right. It came from a place of, I need saving. And mm. if we have that posture constantly and continually in our Christian walk, um, our families will look better. Yeah. Our, uh, saying sorry to your wife when you failed is, is a godly thing. Amen. But we don't do that because we've been taught otherwise. Right. Not even by scripture, not even by, but, but just by society. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need to do better. We need to do better. Amen. Older men, younger men, younger yep. men, older men. I could say similar to people. We need to come age, back to yeah. that stuff. Yeah. We need to come back to that stuff. We need to come yeah. back to that stuff. And I just want to say, John, it comes down to that question of, do we believe the gospel? Do we believe that everyone is made in the image of God? Let's start there. Yeah. And then we can say, if yeah. we believe that, okay, what does that look like? And let's do the work. Oh. Man, we're living, in, we're living in strange times, people. Mm -hmm. um, COVID-19, um, there's just a lot been going on. Some, um, one, some, somebody tweeted, why does all women, why do so many women know women who've been raped and yeah. so little, so few men know men who have raped? Um, sure. so there's a lot of conversations that we need to have amongst ourselves. Right. Um, mm. and, and, and you don't, don't think rape, the kind of rape that we, you know, we, when we think racism, we always think the extreme, you know, the Pendrag Vervoort type. When right. we think race, when we think rape, we think the extreme. No, the guy who wouldn't take a no and, and yep. he's, he's, he's bragging about it 
in, in, in conversation while you guys are, are sitting mm. at, the, uh, at some joint or something and he's yeah. bragging about the fact that he, that woman said no, but he forced him to sway anyway. Yeah. And it's, it's, although it's his girlfriend, you need to check him. You check him. Yeah. And you need to check, check him. him. And if need be, you need to report him. Yes. Yes. I'm you, with you. you may lose a friend, but you have a friend in Jesus, my brother. <laughs> yeah, but 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 here's the thing: is is Jesus enough for you? Is Jesus enough for you? Because Jesus is enough for you. When people are acting in this way, you can actually be prepared to lose that friend, because yeah. you're saying the way they have acted is ungodly. It is wrong, and because the gospel matters, I'm prepared to follow Jesus above above my friendships. Okay. Now that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But is Jesus enough? Yeah. Yeah. An old white man said, um, uh, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. You're quoting Piper. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. That's right. the question. Yeah. Are you more satisfied in him or are you more satisfied in something else? Right. Yeah. John, I'm not going to say your words that we've got work to do. I just we said it, but I'm not going to say it. We got work um, to do. We got work to do. Yeah. Guys, uh, we're about to sign off. Uh, just don't forget to follow Yellow Man so on Twitter mm. or Isabombano uh, on Facebook. Get involved in the discussion. Um, give your comments, your feedback, your likes, your ratings. We, we love hearing from you guys. Yeah. Uh, if you like to, if you like, if you found this helpful, please share this. Yeah. Um, uh, tell us in the comment section. We've been, we've been enjoying some of the comments that we've mm. been getting uh, from yeah. a lot of people uh, saying how what we've been talking about are, is very helpful. That's um, great, man. We love hearing from you guys. Yeah. Um, guys, this audio was produced by our close friends and partners at Exilic Music. You Shout can find out. them at www.exilic.co.za. Shout out to my man, Jeremy Kuris, doing mm -hmm. fantastic work mm -hmm. uh, serving the church, serving mm -hmm. the gospel. Uh, I'm David signing out. And I'm John saying we got work to do. Yep, that's what he always says. Remember, Basilan. Play Be safe, people.